0: Bij Burger King gebeuren spannende dingen. Wat dacht je van een classic cheeseburger, chicken nugget burger of Sunday voor maar 1 euro per stuk? En dat is nog niet alles. Alle King zijn
1: maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King.
2: Woo! Good afternoon. Welcome to the Royal Blue Podcast with me, Greg O'Keefe, Phil Kirkbride en Gavin Buckland. And uh, as ever, plenty to discuss. A good win for the Blues on Sunday at Goodison Park. Beating Leicester City four two, and plenty of incident since then. Not least a more unfortunate one: Ross Barkley um, being attacked in a city centre bar at the early hours of Monday morning when uh, presumably he'd been out celebrating a fine performance. That should be what we're talking about, Phil. But we're not really, are we? The agenda kind of naturally changes and uh, becomes a bit more unsavoury.
1: Yeah, d- disturbing really to see that it was it wasn't pleasant to see, was it? And regardless of of, of Ross and who he is and his, his his stature and his profile, it's not something you want to see anyway. Um, so yeah, pretty alarming that that it happened. The reasons why it happened, we don't know, of course. Um, no doubt, will will sort of become a bit clearer in due course. Um, and hopefully, you know, hopefully, you know, it's easy it's easy said than done. Ross can can sort of. Put it to the back of his mind and and you know in the best way possible, forget about it and focus on on Burnley on Saturday. And that's what we're hearing. That's what we were told yesterday that he was, you know, did did turn up the warm down as as normal and, and normality as much as you can after that sort of experience. But you know, hopefully, it hasn't shaken him up too much. You know, he's I know he's a he's he's somebody who's used to being in the spotlight etc center of attention and all that sort of things but as i say that's regardless of who you are that's that's something that could easily uh, shake anybody up yeah
2: i mean gav it's um obviously a hugely passionate football in city it must be very difficult for local lads mustn't it to, you know who who wish to still socialize in that city while playing for one of the premier league clubs to uh, to do so really it, it wouldn't i mean we were talking about it before we began recording it wouldn't. I wouldn't relish the prospect of going out anyway if I was Ross Barkley in Liverpool. To be quite honest, it must be, well, as you said, a bit of a ordeal at times. It is. Um, I think it's an
0: ordeal for any Premier League footballer. <laughs> That's like sounds slightly um, odd when you consider wages and stuff like that. But, but you never shorted to get the round. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't know. There's probably a few. Probably still keeping hands in the pocket, you know. But meant uh, <laughs> <laughs> to no names. But I think. Um, I think it's any football not just local footballers I mean it's it's social media phones and stuff and, and there was an interesting article on one of the Nationals but Troy Deeney he's by no means you know the Premier League's highest profile player but he, he is you know uh, quite famous and a night out I think he had in, in Birmingham and, and I think that ended up in you know allegedly a bit of a scuffle that he was no party to um, and it was just like constant attention selfies all that type of stuff constantly all the time it's not autographs now with people in your face and you know and when that happens and sometimes you know people will take it too far it can get a bit especially when there's drink but not necessarily by the player sometimes just generally speaking it, it, it quite obviously it can get out of hand kind of sometimes especially when there's other people there that can people on and, and i think that's not talking about sunday in particular that just shows you that you know the the any famous person, I think, regardless, of whether you're the Premier League football. Now, the pressures that that are on you when you go on a night out, and I think it's quite sad in that you know one of the uh, one of the accusations made about modern footballers is that they're so detached from the, the paying public and the average mm. fan. But at the same time, sometimes there's there's good reason for that, and maybe we saw a, a glimpse of that on on uh, on
2: Sunday yeah. night. I suppose there's a, a separate debate about you know whether or not Ross should be out in the early hours Monday morning I don't know that he was drinking certainly it doesn't look like it, you know he was he was drinking in, in the clip that no doubt we've all seen but will Cooman be happy that he was out at the early hours albeit you know celebrating a really good performance
0: I don't know what the club rules are so I don't know whether it was not saying or you know so so on so I can't really comment I mean you can only you, from the club's concern and, and is that goes back to the original point is, you know, the safety of, of your employees on a on a what should be a straightforward night out. And, um, you know, and we've known local footballers have been targeted before, don't we, over many years. And it's, it's gone back, goes back to the sixties. Um, you know, and um, I think that's where I'll be as a, as a club, generally speaking about football, that's what I'd be more concerned about the general safety and, uh, the vulnerability on a night nice out, rather
1: than whether they should have been there in the in the first place if they've got training the next day. We'll we'll obviously hear from Ronald at his press conference on Thursday. I think it's two o'clock. Uh, Thursday Finch Farm, and, and of course he'll be asked about it. And Ronald, being Ronald, will will address the question and, and give a a, a straight and honest answer as he always does. I'm 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 confident and positive he will. But it'd be interesting to see if he reveals kind of even a, an inch of or a little glimpse of what he's spoken to Ross about. Because look, Ronald Koeman, at however old he is, and Ross Barkley, at 23, have got different ideas of a night out. Of course, you know, <laughs> let's not you know that's that's obvious. But Ronald quite pointedly made a, a a remark early in the season about why he chose not to live in Liverpool because he says I'm the Everton manager and basically saying I, I probably couldn't go out for a meal in the glass of red wine as he loves so much without kind of getting, you know, not not badgered, you know, I don't think he was being disrespectful, but having that attention. So I don't know, not that Ross would now maybe need telling, of course, but I'd be, I would I would, hazard a guess that Ronald will be kind of offering him that kind of advice, say, look, well, I made the decision not to live in Liverpool and, and socialise in the city because of who I am and my yeah. profile. Maybe it's something you you may now want to consider. It's difficult for Ross, he's 23 and it's his home city, why should he not? Yep. You know, is, is the obvious question, but he may uh, he may uh, sort of think sort of otherwise now.
2: Well, obviously, you know, the one thing that Kuman does want to do is offer him uh, a contract, um, moving on to on-the-pitch matters, even though it's not strictly that, I'm afraid. Um, and at the moment, there's, I suppose, a very real chance that he may well be moving from the city, Um prematurely, I would have thought most Blues would think. Phil, you wrote an interesting piece on the site yesterday, Um, very, very sort of brief summary. Everton can't really say that they've handled this one perfectly to date. I think they've let the grass, as you say, grow under their feet a little bit with Ross in this contract situation, haven't they?
1: Yeah, that's my feeling. Um, I think the first time that Koeman was really sort of asked about it was in December, on the back of it, um, Barry Baines and Holgate being offered new deals. Everton only won one game in six at that point, so it was understandable that Koeman said, now's not the time, we're focusing on results and performances and we'll talk about it in the new year, it's not a priority. Yet, my point is, OK, I can understand that want to focus on results, etc, absolutely, totally agree with that, but talks, the club had already initiated talks and they were fairly advanced, we understood it, uh, with Lakaki who still had Longer to run on his contract, so my question is: How has it been allowed to drag to this point where it wasn't? I don't know if it had to be a priority, but why? How, you know, got to the point where there weren't even talks at that stage. Why had the club not initiated that? That was the question I was asking. Um, and and why? You know, we're now at a point closing six six games left in the season where he could walk away for the summer, and not you know he might not pick up the phone again until July when he has to come back for pre season training. and Go yeah, I've got less than 12 months of my contract and that's it, I'm not going to sign, you know, whatever. We haven't, we haven't reached a, 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 a compromise that's suitable for me and I want to play my football elsewhere. That's a situation, you know, I can't believe and understand that it's got to that point because although I understand people said, well, maybe Ronald wanted to look at him, his form wasn't very good at that point, he wanted to look at him. All right, I'd pr- I'd take that on board. But I'm also thinking to myself, well, surely, you know, going into the final 18 months of his contract, Look, it, it, it was clear even at that point when Ross wasn't playing very well that he he's still a good player. It wasn't like Ronald had gone. This fella's rubbish. We'll never need him again. Just let his contract run out. So give Ronald that time to properly assess, but still ta- start talking about a contract. Still try and initiate a deal because if if Ronald then goes as he was now because of the back of these performances, this player is one of the players that can make a difference to Everton, and I want i want to do everything to keep him. You've done it brilliant everybody's happy on the flip side if Ronald goes you know what I'm willing to listen to offers you are quote-unquote protecting your asset like the club did with Darren Gibson we didn't even have a manager handed him a two-year contract yeah so you know that's what I'm saying I don't understand how it's got to this point
0: right yeah it's I I thought it was all good points that you raised yesterday I think think if you're a supporter looking at it and is when you say that you know Maybe having not been a bit passive around it. Does that mean that there's been no dialogue whatsoever in, in your understanding, or there has been dialogue? And and it, it's a bit like opposite to the who thing, where everything's done in public and we're saying, oh, so we don't want things, made, you know, this, are commercial things, you know, should be made public. But when it's sort of you don't hear anything, you say, oh, it's not happening at all. But it is, is there, is there something in between, filter to understand that well, like, there is dialogue, well, they just haven't come to an agreement. Well, no. I mean, when,
1: when Ronald was asked about it uh, last month, he said, uh, his understanding was. Talks were planned, but they hadn't taken place. Now, yeah, you might speak informally, of course, but it, you know we could all speak informally about maybe you get a new deal, maybe not. Well, let's, you know, why Why hadn't the talks been in place earlier, and why weren't they negotiating? Because negotiations, you know, this is an important contract for both club and player. Yeah. So it, it's always going to take time. You can't just you can't just pick your fingers and, and a deal be in place. So it's going to take time. Why put yourself into a corner? Where you're closing in a time frame where you might rush one of you two into a into a decision that ultimately might backfire. Because Greg, like uh, when he was talking about Rom
0: a few weeks ago, he said like the year is the, mm. the year on the contracts, like the that's the, the make or break, isn't it? And so like, do we say that, that he, you know that you want to sell if they're not going to sign the contract? Do you think that like so, so, so this indicates that the club actually wouldn't mind Ross going in the summer? I used to, oh,
2: but then but then Ronald says we want to do everything to keep him. You, know. you see what I mean? You know, that's what I mean. Well, uh, me, me, me and me and you know, as we want to do, we're just trying to mull over the whole yeah, issue yeah. earlier today. And we're talking like you know, hand on heart, gut instinct. Do you think he'll leave? And then that discussion became: Do you think Cumin is as desperate to keep him as as maybe maybe you would imagine? I haven't articulated that very well. How much does Koeman really want to keep him? And we both kind of said, well, he must do, because Koeman is very honest and very plain speaking and to, up to a point, as Ross will have no doubt, no doubt heard on Sunday when he basically presented him with the ultimatum again. However, he's also got a lot of sway and power in that club. And that it's got to this point, really, like Phil, it's surprised. surprise. But if this was Lukaku... Would Kuhn have been banging down the door a bit more to demand it gets done? I have to say, maybe the other one is: is it a little bit of a false and wrong assumption, a bit like Liverpool once did with Stephen Gerrard, that he's a local lad slash supporter? It's yeah. more likely he'll sign. Yeah. Have they taken liberties a bit with Ross's allegiance? Yeah,
0: yeah, that he needs us more than we, we need we him could, at this moment in time. But actually, that and he wasn't playing very well. Don't yeah. forget. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just a bit strange because that's what you know. You can criticise Lukaku's representatives for being pushy but actually sometimes if it gets things done that's a good thing and 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 if you're a supporter looking at it, you don't really hear much from Ross's side about, you know, this is right you know, what we want. Leading people as was I think was mentioned last night that actually whether it's in speculation that Ross is being uh tacked up, yeah quote unquote. <laughs> yes. uh, and that therefore he knows that he's gonna be going so therefore him and his representatives aren't really you know, bothered about whether there's a new concept or not. I I find that rather strange
2: to be honest with you. Yeah. Another th- yeah, another thing me, that me and Phil this could be a separate podcast, things yeah. me and Phil talk about no. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> really, You, go, anywhere? Go you go really where, yeah, wouldn't yeah, want yeah, to yeah. listen to that okay, to be honest yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Just um just walk past the Costa at the bottom of old okay. any given time and you'll soon get bored. Mm-hmm. But no, um another one we were talking is is really it's interesting because it's hard not to contrast the two situations with Lukaku and Barkley uh, like, like I've just said, um, you know, enthusiasm for keeping them both. And what, what level is that at? But equally, they're both very different characters. Um, Lukaku speaks a lot about his yeah. future, about his status, about his ambition. Uh, and, he, and he's not shy of talking about you know, life beyond Goodison Park. Um, Ross speaks very little generally. Um, fair to say, and this is absolutely no disrespect, Perhaps not as articulate as Rom in the media spotlight. I mean, not as confident. Not as comfortable uh, yeah. or confident. Yeah, yeah. Yet, um, he does do interviews and he's come yeah. on leaps and bounds in that respect since I, I sort of first got to know him when he was just coming through, 17, 18. Um, again, when the cameras are off, really relaxed, engaging. Um, but, you know, does sometimes feel very self conscious and you can understand that when they're switched on. Like I say, they're very different characters. Your point, Gav, is that that you just can't because ross is so quiet you just don't really know exactly. his intentions do we yeah
0: or, or those <laughs> of his representatives and and, yeah. and that's the thing and, and say so going back to Luke that it's the complete opposite yeah end of the stick isn't it uh, and i suppose in some respects the fact that you know phil's article has obviously raised the profile this issue is that yeah. because
1: he's been playing you know
0: not to, still not to the standard I would expect, but because his form has improved think massively. Play, do
1: you not think he's playing the best form, but playing the best he's ever played for Everton? Yeah, I but do. not
0: not not what he's capable no. of doing yeah, as a yeah, player. Sorry, but okay, yeah. basically, what I'm saying is, yeah. he's, he's improves, his form has improved since December. Yes. So therefore, yeah. that's raised this issue. Up. Well, actually, those people are saying also well, actually, we could have, you know offload him in the summer. Oh, I'm not sure about that, especially when we see yeah. what well, there may not be the old is available than what mm. we were, were thinking about, and I think as a consequence that this has become now. Like top of the, the sort of insight, I suppose, mm. if you're an Everton supporter, what you would want in the club's insight to, to resolve, and I think, as you say, it's 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 slightly a uh, puzzling how it, it's managed to happen yeah. um, outside of like the general gaze of the supporters and everybody else, really,
2: you know. Do you think it's a hangover of all of a sudden Everton went from a period whereby they had three big players making decisions at the club, they had a manager, okay, let's say a manager. They had Bill Kenwright and they had Robert Elston. And whilst, you know, it was up and down sometimes how that relationship and dynamic worked, um, you know, how effectively it worked, at least it was a fairly streamlined process of getting things done and getting decisions made. Now, and rightly, there's a newly beefed-up board. There's a majority shareholder who lives in London. He's got a representative who's based in Liverpool. Robert Helston's there. Ken Wright's there, you've got a director of football, Steve Walsh, and you've got Ronald Koeman. Is it maybe sometimes amidst all that, you know, the whirlwind of planning for a new stadium? Vital, brilliant. Um, you know, strengthen the squad in the summer, yeah. vital, you know, has to be done. All that, new commercial deals. I mean, do I sound naive to suggest that a a contract like that has just slipped through the cracks? Because it's not an insignificant thing. No, it's very significant. If you're talking thing, like, if you're, like an yeah. accountant's terms, yeah. as Phil used the term, asset. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, well, I said the
0: other week when we were in the Bramley Mo, that you know we get the impression everybody club's very busy at the moment. Well, yeah. And I think you know it, that could could come into it, but you know, various people do various things at clubs, don't they? And, and as you say, the, the you know the prime sort of uh, priority he's still your players on the pitch, isn't it? I make it making certain acts because that drives everyone else. So you would ex- I would be disappointed if that was being overlooked because people were doing deals elsewhere. It, it, I just find it strange. And, and, and just, just talking about Ross's form generally, I mean, because there's been, the other talking point this week is, is the, the point Sue Ness made, wasn't it? I think there's been quite a lot of, you know, yourselves have put stuff out around it and about, you know, uh, lose. lose to my point before about to still think he's capable of more mm. and he, on Sunday you know I thought you saw a typical Ross performance you know yeah
2: I and mean, the crosses yeah. of the season yeah
0: but still other stuff that went on during the game where you think you yeah. should have done better there and, and I, I think CNS was right absolutely spot on in his opinion uh, about what he said about his game uh, and you know but at the same time Ross is improving yeah
2: I think, yeah, I think Souness, his point, his criticism taken in isolation were valid. I think it was over the top, the way he, he sort of expressed it. And I think it was unfair to pick on just Ross after the derby. But certain things about what he said, as much as people might not like to hear from a former Liverpool manager and player, were fair comments, yeah. in, in my opinion. Um, and I'd, kind of the thing for me that he didn't mention was, I don't think he scores enough goals for a player of his ability and somebody who's playing in an advanced position now. His assists have improved immeasurably, and I love that from him. But we, we've said on this podcast, we need goals from enough, midfield. Yeah, yeah. We need goals from midfield. He can score goals, we've seen that. But no one shoots him outside the box. That might be a wider issue. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? You know, Keown was out on Sunday saying how brilliant he'd been, and yeah um, talking up him and Tom Davis, rightly. Uh, he does... Phil, doesn't he kind of generate, you know, polarizing opinion?
1: I think. I think. In summary, if he wasn't, a, if he wasn't any good, nobody'd be speaking about it, would they? Absolutely. And yeah. That's what Ronald said, didn't he? Yeah. When he said Ross came to me, he wasn't happy with the public, tough love, public criticism, public sort of obsession, if you like, of yeah. talking about him. But as he said, you should be worried when I'm not speaking about you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that, that goes back to the point about Ronald's view of of. Uh of Ross. The fact that he has spoken publicly about some about needs some proof actually shows that he genuinely yeah. cares about some anyway and about his development, yeah. which means that actually you reading that he probably wants some at the club. Just say another point, it's not the first time I've ever gave Seaness, and over the top mentioned in the same sense <laughs> right, okay, like, you know, uh, having said that, I mean CNS is the, the best midfield player I've ever seen. So oh I'd my like God, to wind it in
1: lads. No no, no, <laughs> d- um, no, no it isn't! <laughs> I'm just talking to you, only for Scotland and Middlesbrough,
0: you know, so I would value his opinion yeah. about midfield uh, yeah, yeah. midfielder. You know, highly, and I do think what he said was uh, was uh, was right. um You know that he, and, and there was it happened on Sunday in the fit I know I know it's easy to pick on these points, but in the first half on Sunday, there was a pass to the right, and I can't remember who he should might have been Holgate, and he didn't do it. You could see the clap the crowd badger him now. Don't do when he's got the ball. He didn't pass. I think he went off for the and then he give immediately give Holgate a hospital ball, like between him yeah. and the other playing, and. There's just two obvious simple things to do, but because he oversaw things, it just didn't happen. But when he produces crosses like that on, uh, on 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 Sunday, it sort of makes up for it. But he does need to score more goals. I mean, yeah. I, th- there's a wise point there, isn't it? Rom's got twenty, was it? I lost count. Is it 20 twenty-three today. now? Yeah. I think I might our next highest is four. Mm. Yeah, you know, which yeah. is let's but say I mean, so given Ross stick, there's a hell of a lot of other players there, isn't it? I they, said
1: know? that, how many have goal scorers have I I had I think it's 17, 17 this yeah, is a league high. So, in terms of the team, you can't complain, but I totally, yeah, I totally it, it, take your it's, point. It's the bigger games you want regular goal goalscorers. Yeah. Spears have got you're lots of spares. fine arts, yeah, haven't yeah, they? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. they've got Harry Kane, but they've got Deli Ali and yeah, Son, and yeah, yeah. I think Ericsson will chip in with a few. Like, yeah. you know, if you've got, if you've got three players all capable of 10, 12 goals at least yeah. a season, that give you the chance, doesn't it? You know. But um, and I, that, that was, that I thought CNS's points we're, were valid about Ross, but I do think Ross has got, got it in him to, to, to make it right. It's just that it is this thing, 23-24. This contract, as you say, is the, the, the really key one. These are the peak, peak years of his career, yeah. aren't he? The next four or five years. Definitely, yeah. definitely. But just generally speaking, on Sunday, good performance? Pleased?
2: Yeah, you know, I think it was, mate. Yeah, I think it was... Um, obviously a much change Leicester side with half an eye on Wednesday um, but nonetheless you could you can see like I mean they're a strong squad I think you know I, I know they've had the problems this season we didn't expect them to have fallen to the low that they did perhaps but um, you know I looked in that team and even without some key players I thought they were, they were a decent decent unit you know, Islam Slomani didn't stop up front absolute terror one of one of the most energetic performances I've seen when a weight player for a long time really led the line. He was a nuisance. Uh, you I know, mean, going through, you know, obviously, um, without Morgan, susceptible a bit more at the back, uh, and we took full advantage of that. But, um, yeah, I think it feels sometimes as if the conclusion for a while has been that we're going to beat the teams below us in the table. Yeah,
0: that's yeah. you know,
2: we've got we've got we've got too much for them, and we had too much for Leicester in the end. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit, it was, it was un. You know, it was a bit too wild. It was a bit uncontrolled that game, and it wasn't ideal. But when one team had to take control of it and, and keep hold of that stranglehold, we did it. Mm. I,
1: you know, I, I think massively heartened by that fact that that we now go into Burnley on Saturday and go and win that game because for too long, for too yeah. long, it's been I don't know. But you know, I'm almost hanging your hat on winning at home now. Well, by by four. <laughs> yeah, I mean there was twenty six holes,
0: isn't it? in seven home games, but it's interesting but having said that, there's a couple of people who just stand out performances for me on, on uh on Sunday. 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 I mean, I think Schneider and it's not what he does himself but what he allows other players to do that mm. I think has been missed against Man United and Liverpool <coughs> didn't we? I think Tom Davies has obviously got a bit more freedom, hasn't he? Yeah. Uh, and looks a far better player when tonight Yeah, he looks a better player with Wendt yeah, yeah, And I think... Um, Barkley does. Yeah, you know what I mean? And I think like just by him being on the pitch mm. makes other people fulfil their roles better. And I think you've seen that. That was the big thing you took from Sunday compared to yeah. the Liverpool-Man United games. Even though, like Leicester, I'd say, not the same level, but you can just say, mm. if they played in those two games, Snyder, and you may have seen a slightly different...
1: Yeah. Uh, I'll never, never forget the line that Ronald offered uh, after Schneiderlin had signed, and he wasn't he wasn't patronising Everton, but I think he was being very honest as usual. But I think he made a really kind of key point when he said, even in his sort of slightly broken English Dutch hybrid, Schneiderlin is a big signing for Everton, and you now know what he means. He yeah. totally is a is a massive signing because he just offers a level of quality that. We were missing or lacking, and yeah. you know, and that's the caliber of player now. It's, it's you, you won't, you can't sign anybody below Schneider. No, no, and that's the thing for getting into the uh, the top 6 isn't You
2: look, you look at, uh, you know, as painful as it is to recall recent history, the derby and United, he would have made a huge difference, a huge difference, Gab. And when it brings me back to a point you made after the derby podcast, in our disappointment, I thought you made a really, really good observation. It's worth repeating. Everton haven't got enough players currently in that prime age bracket. Yeah, that's right. and he—he yeah. he, for me, he's a top-class yeah. player. He's the right age. Yeah. And as Phil just said, that's got to be the type of signing yeah. that we go for. I in mean, the to be fair, you know,
0: Balassi's just at the top age. I said twenty-four to twenty-nine didn't I? I yeah. Always think, Yeah. Balassi is just, the top eight. I just a top age. Think of gay, he's twenty-seven, isn't he? So yeah, he's yeah, in that yeah. sort of like, like the you know the middle of that range. Uh, and and that's it. Um, going forward, those players in in the pgs who were like the fin the finished article, uh, as such, have still got that right balance of, of fitness, mobility, but you know with experience as well. I know they can depend what age you are as well, if opposition you're playing. But that to me I always I like to see a hardcore players in that in that age group. But it was interesting to the other one uh, on Sunday and last two games come back from a disappointing derby Performance has been Mason Holgate who I thought was excellent again on, on uh, Sunday, par maybe should have taken...
2: Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Well, look, he'll learn from that, yeah, won't yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that wasn't... Uh, yeah. You he know just, what I mean? He's going to learn from yeah, that. Yeah, yeah.
0: It, it's sad, isn't it, when you talk it about is, that, you know, in this well, day and age. But that's just an
2: age thing. That's entirely forgivable for me. To be fair, you know, he was,
0: he was not placed in the best position in, in the derby, was he? Wide, wide, right, as it were. Maybe not his natural position, but no. to come back in two two tough games in their different ways and yeah. play really well at right back
2: Yeah, uh, which again may not even be his natural position I think reflects well on him it does totally agree for me he's never a wing back he's, he's not comfortable enough getting forward he's athletic enough but he's just not an attacking full back his, his crossing isn't good enough at the moment anyway he doesn't see a pass um, in the same way maybe we've, we've been spoiled by Leighton Baines and Seamus Coleman um, certainly in like you know kind of getting bombing on you know, Coleman God love him. His crossing was up and down, but what a player! Anyway, I don't see him in that mould. But I think what you're saying is, as a, as a part of a back three, a centre back, you know, in mat- in the maturing process, and a right back when required, albeit a more defensive option. Absolutely, you know, really full of promise. And yeah, I agree with you. Aside from that little bit of naivety, perhaps on Sunday, you can see that. Yeah. Go on, and I know. I was yeah. just going to say
0: there was something I There was something, that, I, something over the weekend about the, the teenagers. In the Premier League this year, the number of minutes I've played and there's, there's very few teenagers who actually play in the Premier League, isn't it? And I uh, most of them have being from Everton. I, I think there's only Rashford, I think, who's yeah. had a loads of minutes. Yeah. Uh, I think Davis had the same number of minutes. Uh, yeah. um, as um, and you know, that just shows you the um you know, like the the um sort of the, the good teenagers we've got coming through, but also how difficult it is for them yeah. to adjust to the Premier League. That's where I was coming from, Holgate, after the like so it's a ropey derby performance which may not necessarily have be been his his fault uh, completely but to come back and play really well in the two games yeah. i've been really pleased no, with no
2: no definitely um and i don't want to kind of get dragged into the cycle of you know every, game by game discuss but joel roblers for me suggested again on sunday that we do need to strengthen it as a number bring in another strong contender for number one i, I still can't see beyond them being a very able deputy to it, another goalkeeper. Our whole Brighton free kick should never have been a goal. Yeah,
0: Greg, I mean, there's not, you know, there's nothing there that we've not said in the in the uh, previous couple of week podcasts. Right. I think after the Liverpool game, is you're looking, you're looking for your keeper to to save that, and also, you know, the Liverpool game, you know, a couple of them were probably stoppable. Yeah, uh, and I think I would like to think this is important, and this is no disrespect to Joe, because you can tell he loves the club. Those needles he being yeah, here yeah, yeah, yeah. is if I was the manager in the summer, I think that would be right near the top of yeah. of 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 the positions yeah. to fill with with, as you say, a top class player yeah. that you'd have to pay good
2: money for. The talk of Jordan Pickford isn't there, and you know, it, and another one who kind of like you would certainly be interested in. I can understand that. Um, he's, he's shown a lot for Sunderland, but. He's another young goalkeeper yeah, isn't he, young, isn't he? just outside that bracket we discussed well, it is. and
0: also for the goalkeeper they do tend to uh to, to mature yeah. in later years so um you'd be looking without naming names you'd be looking for somebody who's probably played for england <laughs> uh, yeah
2: yeah doesn't suffer dandruff uh, yeah, regularly maybe,
0: or uh, you know but i think that's well, tom looking, Heaton. you're looking for an international keeper yeah tom heaton has been involved in yeah again
2: another young goalkeeper um you know and it'd be interesting to see him on uh, on saturday it will be it? Yeah. definitely another thing i want to discuss gav is that um it's interesting now that everton more or less on some fate but 10 points behind i can't see west brom catching us i think we're, we're definitely set for seventh but arsenal and the wheels are coming off an alarming rate for them it's still a big two games in hand on us now yeah. uh, aren't they uh, but level on points um it's sixth? Do you think it's getting higher than where we are? Is a prospect. Me and Phil keep yeah. looking at it and thinking we're going to finish seventh. But uh, it's reckon? a good point. Um, there's a couple of
0: things there, isn't there? Um, one that would have helped if we won at Man United last week. Um, yeah, wouldn't it just. But we've um, got we've got to go to Arsenal as well, haven't we? We do. Yeah. yeah. Which is a, which could be a battle for six, couldn't it? Yeah. I think that's that the penultimate game of the season. It is, think, and yeah. then Watford at home. Yeah. We're so that could be the the battle for six. And Arsenal are going backwards at the moment. We're going forwards. So. Yeah. Uh, it's looking. I mean, I remember Scotty mentioned this a while back, didn't he? Like in the I sort of pulled the face <laughs> over it, like you know. But we all gave him a little yeah, bit of stick for it. He did say four,
2: top four, forward, yeah, right?
0: yeah, yeah. That was even more of a face. Yeah. Uh, but every week it's becoming not one say more and more likely, but less unlikely. If you see what I mean? I do actually it's, see yeah, what you mean. But it's and it's due to a combination of our good form. But also, like the fact that the top six collectively may not be as strong as what we think they are. We set them up all season, haven't we? That I think Pula said after one game, oh, the top six are way ahead of everybody yeah, else yeah, in, in yeah. the league. And as the season's gone on, yeah. and like sort of, you know, there's been off of fixtures and, you know, cup games played out and stuff like that. That gap between us and the top six in particular that was there maybe at Christmas. Yeah. You're looking at it now and thinking, well, I don't think that, you know, we're now. In the position where i wanted to be being seen as as a seven yeah yeah at the top and we're going forwards. well maybe at least one of the clubs above us some maybe two are going actually backwards at this moment in time and i think that that's where i wanted us to be this season and and whatever happens now i think that we've achieved that you know with a couple of more wins we get more than 60 points we're going to be in that seven yeah seven army yeah. where eighth place would be maybe fifteen or sixteen
2: points yeah. behind us and then some to ninth place I think at the end yeah. of the season. And if you can yeah, I mean if you can get sixth, um it certainly takes a little bit of the hassle out of your Europa League campaign because I think as I understand it and such would that you know, Leicester don't go and win the Champions League and the this, seventh looks like it's gonna be guaranteed Europa League, but you will have to play a qualifying leg like, um earlier in the summer which will obviously impact on your your pre-season and and stuff like that. Now, there's no major tournaments this summer, so it's not going to be as inconvenient as it would have been last summer. Yeah. But nevertheless, it would be nice to go straight into the group stages like it would be if you're finishing sixth.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't fancy a trip to Estonia in uh, July now. There's some armpit gaps, but I mean, (laughs) you will have to think about... I mean, to be fair, I'm not really bothered about that. I just think it would... I mean, I think we're just putting ourselves putting the cat amongst the pigeons' army, the top six at the moment, the way we're getting talked about, the mm. coverage that we're getting. Mm. Obviously, the Luke Hague thing is actually in a strange way ways added to that publicity, yeah. the contractual uh, position and even Ross's form has. Yeah. Uh, if we get sixth, I'm more interested in the statement that that makes rather than sort of like the benefits you get from the Europa League. It'll be, you know, all of a sudden you're looking at next season thinking, we're probably a little bit ahead of the game here than what we expected, yeah. they? maybe one or two teams have dropped that will be a massive achievement, but I'm not gonna cry if we finish seventh as long as we're like on the, the top six as coattails yeah. and miles ahead of eighth, which is what what's gonna happen.
2: Well, I mean, it's certainly looking that way, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Get...
0: yeah, I mean, if you have a look, I think Southampton are probably the best team after us, are yeah. In the Premier League, and I think they're maybe are they fourteen, fifteen yeah. points behind us. Yeah,
2: I had to laugh. Charlie Adam on the uh, on the Monday night show on Five Live last night. You know, he, he's gonna talk Stoke up, isn't he? But. Lumping Stoke, Southampton, and Everton into the same bracket, thinking you know, on the day that we're as bigger club as Everton, and you know we should be up there with them. Obviously, naturally partisan, but uh, and you know, last couple of seasons, Stoke certainly, not sure, so if few Bob have looked ambitious, and and give us certainly in the two games we played in the season, a run for our money, but. I disagree with this association. No, I've,
0: I've already picked up one Formula Liverpool for player on yeah. the podcast. I'm not going to do that too. But I, you can see why you were saying that last season. But things have moved on since then, yeah. and things have moved on enormously quickly, as you mentioned before. Since Christmas, you know, if you consider where we are at Christmas, they're just, they just momentum's a great thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, and football. And we had it in the, in the mid-eighties, and you get, we're getting but that momentum is really kicking in at the moment, yeah. and you can see that. On, on Sunday, even even the
2: atmosphere was good. It was no, no. It you was, was, know, it was think, a really uh, kind of positive ending, wasn't it? To yeah. to, uh, to to go and, and kind of win the game convincingly, you know, and I put out like I say for all the faults this season. Rain, reigning champions, we've done the double over them.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think we've seen our records against the the, the and Premier League champions since two thousand and ten. Uh, One eight two five lost two. <laughs> but our matches against the reigning. As somebody said on Sunday in the places, I'll be hoping for Liverpool to be champions <laughs> <the> next <laughs> season. <laughs> but now that was the yeah, and and once even a two one after ten minutes, you're thinking it's only a matter of time here before we win. You know, if we go ahead mm. and that, that we've we done that by half-time.
2: Phil, just a quick word on Phil Jagielka's resurgence. Mm. Um, so mm. pleased for him. Worth an, worth actually keeping on board another contract and, and keeping him in the mix next Ooh. season.
1: Another contract, interesting. I think his current one ends twenty eighteen? Or nineteen even. So but
2: yeah, so what I mean what I actually mean is um is is it worth persuading him to stay? You wouldn't offer him another contract. That's it, that's so wrong. in some
1: way you're saying is it worth ultimately that's gonna hinge on what Cumin what can bring in. I think if we're being blunt about it, as you say, I think Phil's done really well recently. Um you know, I think Ronald deserves credit for um bringing him back at the right time. He it was Hull, wasn't it, he brought him back and he said that was the right game and he's really kind of was West Brom. West Brom as well. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rediscovered his kind of confidence. Yeah. Um Look, and I think Phil would... Goal machine. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, yeah. I know. A good Muller comparison, I believe. <laughs> to be? Um I think Phil, if he was... You know, he's an honest fellow. I think he would say at this stage in his career, there's certain games maybe, although he would love to play in every one of them, I think maybe there's certain teams and certain games that he might, without the... Re- you know, the relevant and kind of required protection may be I don't want to say exposed, that's that that sounds harsh. Be left in a little bit more of a vulnerable position. I thought United was perfect because of the way they play. Yeah. Zlatan, you know, Zlatan's a great player and brilliant player. But Williams and Jags really managed him well in that game. And I think thought he was good Sunday. and, and I think he'll be I think he's good enough to again to play Burnley. I think if they play Volks and whatever, you know, I think it's, that's ideal for Jackson, Britain, but and he can still operate at that level, I'm just very mindful of Sylvain Distan and we've spoke about Sylvain before on this podcast, terrific in the 13-14 season with Jags, genuinely maybe he didn't play, as, that's the best he's maybe ever played for Everton, halfway through the 14-15 season his legs just went from him didn't they, and he's just nosedive in, in terms of his energy, his ability to influence games, and I think Ronald will be mindful of that I think he'd be great to have around Jags, but again the question is, is he happy being potentially fourth choice? Because if you think Williams is ahead of him really, because he played more games this season, you know, looking at Michael Keane, maybe another one. You know, You know, if that's if Morrie doesn't go, if he stays, you know, if you're Jag Elke you're thinking, well, where am I in the pecking order? I might be club captain, but you know, it's difficult for Phil. Yeah. yeah, I agree.
0: I mean, I said the other week, didn't I? I said, we need at least two centre-halves, which then leaves, um, you know, maybe fifth to his centre-half if has if money stays. And like you're saying,
1: therefore, if you want fourth, actually, yeah, I mean, even not
0: a match day squads, you're not going to get in. From a know?
1: selfish point of view, if you're saying your fifth choice centre-half is Phil Jagielka, you're going, crikey, you've got some options, haven't you? But, yeah. You know, with, you know, Phil deserves to be able to go and play football regularly in the final, yeah. Of his
0: career. yeah, I think I think we need three not top class but we need three centre halves that and it's not sound clear that not where that where Williams is the fourth two centre half is my, my particular mm-hmm. uh, belief. Yeah. Um who those three are, whether we, we have to bring all three in, I don't know. Or whether Mason can develop or you may yeah, say yeah. the third, I don't know, but I'd certainly say we're these our fourth three centre half to be honest
2: yeah. Well, um, I'm sure we'll uh, have more to discuss in terms of how Jags gets on at the weekend. Um, finish on a on a, on an upbeat note. Um, thank you for listening. This podcast has been short- shortlisted for an award, a regional press award. So that's good news. Um, we'll find out in, I think, about a month's time whether or not we've won that, but uh, amid some high company. So, uh, yeah, thank you again for helping us uh, maintain it. Thanks for listening. And I hope you've enjoyed this particular episode. We'll be back to discuss all the latest news, and uh, you know, in terms of Ross Barkley and what's going to happen with his contract. Watch this space.